on a special edition of the Classy Comics Podcast. We pay tribute to comic book legend Stan Lee in the Mighty Marvel Manor, straight ahead. Welcome to the Classy Comics Podcast, where we search for the best comics in the universe. From Boise, Idaho, here is your host, Adam Graham. Well, it's a different sort of uh, episode of the Classy Comics Podcast, as we uh, pay tribute to Stan Lee, who passed away at the age of 95. And there's so much that could be said about Stan Lee's legacy, he forgot more about comics than most people knew. And I mean that quite literally. He actually wrote of Captain America being revived in the 1950s and forgot about that return when he wrote Cap's return in the 1960s, leaving that as an issue to be addressed by other comic writers. And I think there are a couple of areas to look at Stan Lee's legacy. The first one is a writer. And Stan Lee's writing credits go back to the golden age of comics. He wrote some very interesting uh, characters. Uh, He wrote The Destroyer, who is one of my all-time favorite golden age characters. And probably the first one that Stan Lee created. And he wrote so many different comics over the years, uh, from the 1940s to the 70s and into the modern era. But really, he's best remembered for his work uh, during the Silver Age. And I think that if you want to look at where Stan Lee's greatest writing uh, contributions, uh, you're going to be looking at The Amazing Spider-Man and Fantastic Four. Uh, his work on Fantastic Four for as a writer for its first 117 issues, and on The Amazing Spider-Man for almost a hundred, I think around a hundred issues, he uh, let Roy Thomas take over for four issues, and then came back and he stayed on uh, to about I think issue 113. So he created so much mythology around those characters. So many things uh, that happened have been retold dozens of times. And also, he helped create so many of the great villains of the Marvel Universe. Magneto and Dr. Octopus and Dr. Doom. And not only did he script Spider-Man and Fantastic Four... He also worked on Daredevil, where I think uh, the Stan Lee run writing Daredevil is way underrated. Uh, Iron Man, uh, Thor, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Ant-Man, X-Men, The Avengers, Incredible Hulk, Doctor Strange, Captain America, 
and the Silver Surfer. And most of these he was writing continuously. He was uh, writing so many of these titles and strips and stories every month. Now, he co-created these characters with uh, artists, particularly Steve Ditko and Jack Kirby, and they certainly deserve their share of credit. Um, and they were definitely part of the creative process uh, with, uh, uh, with them using the Marvel method, by which uh, Stanley would essentially say, okay, here is a general idea of how this story will go. And then they will go ahead and they will draw the story that Stanley told. And they'll often make a lot of their own uh, changes. And then it will be up to, then it was up to Stanley to write all of the dialogue. And there had been some controversy about the degree to which Stan Lee was responsible for all of these stories. And clearly these other uh, creative gentlemen played a role. In fact, Stan Lee uh, acknowledged this. One of my favorite Stan Lee-related panels uh, in comics is from Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number 1. And it shows Stan Lee at a typewriter... Um, like overwhelmed with all of these characters. He's got, you know, Doctor Strange behind him and Captain America, uh, at his ear and he's got Incredible Hulk under him and there's the Fantastic Four and Iron Man's on his hand and just kind of showing, you know, all the things he was doing. But the accompanying story just, uh, which Lee wrote, uh, you know, pokes fun at him, explains all the work, you know, that he comes up with an idea in the middle of the night, goes to Steve Ditko and tells his story, and then Steve Ditko has to draw and create this entire Spider-Man story under these really intense uh, deadlines. And so he poked fun at and acknowledged the contributions of these uh, other creators. Yet these stories would not be what they were without uh, Stan Lee. He had just a sense of, uh, he had a sense of humor and style and some pretty clever ideas. And one thing, you know, when it comes to Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko is they both wrote other things. So we can compare what Stan Lee, what was written in these uh, stories with what, uh, with what Kirby and Ditko wrote on their own, and you get an idea of what Stan Lee's uh, contribution was. Uh, a lot of it was just this really personal elements, uh, this idea of these characters having inner lives and feelings and having relationships with one another, as well as just this sense of fun and uh, excitement with what was in the stories. Uh, and there's so much that Stanley brought to this, and he contributed uh, through the course of his uh, illustrious career with Marvel. However, when it comes to talking about his writing career, um, I think there's a limit to, you know, uh, that in understanding uh, his impact. Because Stan Lee stopped regularly writing comic books uh, on an ongoing basis back in the 1970s. And, you know, since then, he's, you know, written some 
graphic novels, some one-offs, you know, a story here and there. And he's done a few things independently. But I don't, don't think that fully explains uh, the strength of his legacy. As this promoter, executive, an ambassador for Marvel Comics and the comic industry in general. Uh, the history of Stan Lee is just incredibly rich. He actually became the editor of uh, Timely, which was one of the predecessor companies to Marvel, when he was 18. And he had that you know career interrupted when he got drafted into the military. And he uh, did a lot of innovation. You know, it used to be uh, that names of creators were rarely uh, displayed in comics. Uh, that you didn't know who wrote or who drew uh, so many of the comics that went out there, particularly for DC. In fact, if you pick up a Showcase Presents book, that has comics from the 1950s and 60s, you'll generally see a note in there from DC Comics saying that uh, at that time, uh, it was generally not industry practice to uh, show who wrote and drew the comics. Well, Stan Lee at Marvel, he really changed that. You got to see exactly who was writing uh, these things. Uh, it was done sporadically at Timely and Atlas during the uh, uh, Golden Age and kind of the, like the Atomic Age middle period in comics in the 1950s. But really during the Silver Age, you got to see you know, who was drawing all these things, who was writing them. Uh, and, you know, you got to see Gene Colan and Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko uh, given credit in the pages of Marvel Comics. And he changed the way that comics worked and how we related to creators. And I think he may have, you know, really uh, been a pioneer in defining the relationship between uh, creators and readers in general within uh, science fiction uh, as a whole uh, because he really he reached out to fans he wrote Stan's uh, soapbox he not only published letters in the pages of Marvel Comics but he had conversations with readers and he established this uh, culture where uh, the readers got to be part of the whole process uh, where uh, if you spotted an error in a Marvel comics, you would uh, receive a no prize, which would be, you know, something, you know, it'd be a book or something that would be mailed to you. But it was really innovative in changing the way that fans related to comics and writers and uh, just, inc just an incredibly revolutionary thing as he went out there and just became an ambassador for Marvel and the comics industry uh, in general. Um, and he he also worked really hard at getting uh, superhero TV shows uh, greenlit, was such a big part of all of the Marvel TV series and the early Marvel cartoons that got on the air. Uh, 
And he just, you know, promoted so many of these uh, properties. You know, Incredible Hulk was, of course, a big one. Some that had less success, you know, the Spider-Man live-action series. And uh, he just, you know, worked hard to build the Marvel brand in that way. And he connected with fans still. Uh, there are segments that he did, like on the Fantastic Four and Iron Man cartoons, which may have been a bit cheesy, but you just had to love his enthusiasm for what he was doing. There was just a great joy in it. Um, actually, you know, growing up, I did not, you know, encounter Stan Lee much until I was, I think it was 17, I saw the series finale of the Spider-Man, the animated series. At the end of the series, when Spider-Man had won, and he had been traveling at the uh, uh, under the power of Madam Web, and Madam Web decides to take Spider-Man to another universe, where Spider-Man is just a comic character. And she introduces Spider-Man to Stan Lee, and Spidey takes Stan Lee web-slinging, and Stan Lee's voice appears in the cartoon, and it's such a wonderful uh, moment. And it was funny, too, really cute, because Madam Web was played by Stan Lee's wife. And, of course, that enthusiasm really takes off and goes into live action in the 21st century, in particular, with all the Marvel movies that Stan Lee appeared in. Now, to be clear, Stan Lee made his first cameo in uh, in the uh, trial of the Incredible Hulk back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, but it's in the Marvel movies and Marvel-related movies where he really gets to have fun. And he managed just to perform all of these really memorable cameos. The one in uh, Amazing Spider-Man, where he's this uh, school librarian listening to his uh, music and totally oblivious as Spider-Man and the Lizard have this fight behind him. The one in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. It's somewhat uh, ironic, I guess, because he had ambitions at being an actor that didn't really pan out when he was younger, but he ended up with this massive IMDb profile with all of these cameos that he'd had. And it just reflected this, you know, great sense of fun and excitement that he exuded about everything he did. And he continued to remain very supportive of what the management at Marvel did. Even when some of us really didn't like, you know, what was going on at Marvel. But as I thought about that, I realized the reason. Uh, is that he chose to be a team player and to be supportive of those who were... Uh, in power. He didn't want to, uh, I think, become this sort of grumpy old guy who says, hey, I know how to do everything better. What do you think you're doing tampering with what I did? And that's probably a really wise way to live life. So in short, I definitely will miss Stan Lee. Uh, just such a great legacy. And, you know, when we talk about the Classy Comics podcast, I think 
think uh, it's safe to say that he's written some of the classiest comics ever written. And hopefully we'll take a uh, look at more of his material in a upcoming episode of the podcast. For now, if you do have a comment, email it to me, classycomicsguy at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at classycomicsguy. But from Boise, Idaho, Excelsior! This is Adam Graham signing off.